0: Hello again and welcome to the Money Mitch Effect, I'm your host Mitch Michaels, coming to you on this Thursday in October where we have NFL action and playoff elimination baseball. Those are going to be the two topics we discuss on the show today. We're going to bring in CJ Deere again to talk about the NFL, a wild recap in Tom Brady's return, the Cowboys winning again and the Vikings remaining undefeated as well as previewing this week's six action, starting tonight with San Diego and Denver. And then Brian Nelson's gonna join then Tennis Channel professional, baseball extraordinaire Brian Nelson is gonna talk about Nick Kyrgios' recent meltdown in Shanghai, and then we'll switch to the Diamond to discuss the ALDS, Indians and Blue Jays moving on, Cubs in the NL. We'll play the winner of tonight's game five between the Dodgers and the Nationals. You're not gonna wanna miss what he has to say on baseball. The Money Mitch Effect begins right now. CJ Deer, uh yeah, what do we say we talk about some football? Let's go. Alright, Money Mitch Effect. We got CJ Deer again. Thanks
1: for coming back on the show. Thank you for having me, man. I'm honored. I'm honored yeah. you allowed me back on the microphone. I know, and now you are a, a reoccurring guest, so, Yay. Initial, so you're,
0: You like me. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, you know, we do our best here. Yeah. Um, first thing I want to talk about is, you know, we're going to be covering the NFL again on this show. It's been a busy sports week uh, with all that's going on in college football and baseball hockey season starting tonight. Mm-hmm. Recording this on a Thursday while CJ's Blues are playing
1: uh, <laughs> right now. I know, i got to peek my head around the corner every couple minutes. But the NFL still, still in full force. Mm -hmm. We are coming off of week
0: five, which was a rather eventful week. A lot of storylines to get to. Let's start with the last remaining undefeated team, the Minnesota Vikings. That doesn't sound right, but it's the case. All the injuries they've had, Stephon Diggs doesn't even play, and yet they still dismantle the Texans and win again to improve.
1: 2-5, 2-5, and oh, just remarkable, CJ, what Minnesota, what Mike Zimmer and the Vikings are doing. Right, and I agree with you. Every time I see the final score and see that they won again, it's like, oh my gosh. Like, are they legit? Can I trust them? Are they for real? Are they the real deal? And I must say yes, because if your defense is allowing only 12 points per game, <laughs> that's a formula for success. And Sam is not making any mistakes running game is solid with McKinnon and Asiata. And like I said, that defense is just playing life's out. My favorite player, they have Harrison in the back yeah, end. so it's great. They are
0: well-coached. They don't make many mistakes. They set the tone early with defense. Mm-hmm. And youth too, and at the youth. linebacker position. Oh, absolutely. And Sam Bradford. No look, mistakes. Look, this is a 22-for-30, 271-2 two touchdowns. He's not playing... Uh, reckless. He has a defensive trust. Mm-hmm. He has a
1: coaching staff he trusts. That's what I was about to say. I, I feel like the credit really needs to go towards the coaching staff, especially like North Turner because you got him a week, well, a couple of days before the season started, he didn't play the first game, but you're telling me a week missing all the training camp, all the OTAs. And then you're able to get him in here and lead a team to 5-0. Well, and, and, you know, two things about the coaches. You know,
0: North Turner, I remember hearing this, that he's been around the block. Mm-hmm. He's not looking to be a head coach anymore. This is probably him for the long haul as a coordinator. So he's settling he's in worth. in Minnesota. And Mike Zimmer, CJ, as I mentioned last week, he is a guy that didn't get his first head coaching job until his 50s. Mm-hmm. I think that's helped. He's more mature. He's not a young guy that has less experience. I think, you know, having... You know that being that grizzled veteran in the coaching ranks has helped him mature and deal with adversity. Yeah, you know, just and think about yeah.
1: coaching for the Bengals all of those years. It's like you dealt with adversity. Oh yeah, he was there for that <laughs> so, man. So he, Jones. so he, was there for all he of you it. can't throw anything at him that he's not prepared for. But I do agree. So, so Thurman was the other one I was thinking. Of. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was uh, some troublemakers on that team. You know, and Don't yeah.
0: Uh, the running game, though, too. McKinnon. How's he out at the goal line? It's a nice one-two
1: punch. Yeah, it really is. Time How far light. can this team go? Are we really ready to say Super Bowl? <laughs> I want to say Super Bowl. I honestly put them in the same category as the Panthers were last season. Like, I didn't so believe it. Yeah. Yes, but I didn't <laughs> yeah. believe it. And they just showed that, yes, they were for real. So, well, let's I think mean, long-term here. I
0: mean, the Vikings are... Based on defense, mm-hmm. they're probably going to get, if they keep this clip up and they hold off the Packers, if they get that home field, that would be huge. That's going
1: to be tough. If they can get home field advantage. Why why not? Why can't they go? The NFC yeah. is, is kind it's of in wa- shambles right yes. now with the they'd Cardinals only consist, and the Panthers. Yeah, they're uh, the only consistent team in the NFC right now. Pa- Packers, I mean, yes, they're winning, but... Yeah, they, they there's certain teams you don't want to write off without previewing
0: too much, but I think the Vikings have to be considered the favorites right now. There's a lot yeah, of Yeah, they football have a, left. a
1: favorable schedule, too. I'm just looking at it now. So they honestly. Yeah, yes, they could be very really successful. It's this very season. possible. Let's
0: talk about another game that was interesting. Mm-hmm. The Falcons beat the Denver Broncos in Denver, handing the Broncos their first loss. And, CJ, this was a game that went. Pretty much, it wasn't even close, twenty-three to sixteen. But a lot of garbage time points for Denver. Atlanta dominated this game, and they didn't get much out of Julio Jones. Yes, which I mean, we're both fancy players here. That hurt <laughs> kind of me a little bit you having have, him. Having him, yeah. Oh well, you can't be too upset no, after the week before, too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but still, the Falcons don't even need Julio Jones. They beat the Broncos. They were playing with Paxton Lynch, but what they're That's able to the do is things. very
1: impressive. The two things I took away from that game was, number one, the Falcons' run game. Because if you look at it last season, once Tevin Coleman got hurt, Devontae Freeman came in early and was taking over the NFL. But you could see towards the end of the season, he started wearing down, and he was slowing down. So, But this year, with Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman carrying the rock, I mean, the Falcons' offense looked unstoppable. But the thing I'm more nervous about is that defense. I don't know if they could hold up all season long. And then also on the Broncos' end, I think if Trevor Simeon did start, it would have been a different game.
0: Yeah, first of all, I think Denver, Atlanta realized on defense they could rush the inexperienced quarterback Paxton and have success. That's what they did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I agree with you, Coleman and Freeman. That should be a two-headed monster where both can succeed in that system. I got to give a lot of credit to Matt Ryan though, because. It is very tough to quarterback against that defense. We've right. seen Cam Newton fail. Mm-hmm. We've
1: seen uh, a lot of teams struggle against the Broncos this year. But it was a he, little he tough too. They were on the. I, I, I don't know right. the box score, but I'm curious to know how many minutes they were on the field. But I'm giving I'm giving Ryan credit because he didn't take
0: any unnecessary chances. Yes, and going that for is- that home run to Julio. Could have resulted in some picks and mm-hmm. some flipping of field position, and I mean that's you know Coach uh, Campbell's or uh, yeah the uh, the coach of the uh, Falcons. So I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, doing a uh, a good job of there leading uh, leading them on, but mm-hmm. going forward, I don't know about the defense, but if they can dominate play time of possession. Keep their defense
1: off the field yes and and but and they can do that with the running game and it's dan, dan quinn dan quinn i said yes. dan Yeah, you know dolphins first, works out when you said that i was yeah. thinking of jason Campbell. <laughs> i know jason Kimmel, dan <laughs> Quinn. okay uh but um we're not gonna no we're not but... going in that direction uh, but yes and like you said with the running game doing what they're doing and then like you said they still have julio jones over the top but that's the scary thing is like after julio jones who's the next receiver really <laughs> Yeah, I don't.
0: It's hard to answer that question, um, but I will say that Ryan right now is probably my MVP. Early, I don't think he'll win the award, but through five games, who's played more consistently good than him? Leads the league in passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know you have I, to give it to him. I don't. I don't expect him to win it. The schedule's getting tough. They got a tough game against yeah. the Seahawks coming up. But I think that that he has played very well, and
1: with Carolina struggling with. That door being open yeah, in the NFC the South, they could grab the NFC South easily. Buccaneers not looking too well, and, and also with the Saints, they just so up and down. So the NFC South is up for the taking. If they get to ten wins, I don't know that even anybody can catch them. No, they the won't. Division.
0: They that's won't. A, wow. They, CJ, Deere on the money, Mitch effect. Money, and, Mitch. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna make you record my drops here. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's we're going down that path. <laughs> The, I want to talk about one team in particular now, CJ. That's the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Dak Prescott and our boy Ezekiel Elliott. Hey, St. Louis, St. Ohio, Louis State. Ohio State. Yeah, wow. Um, but this team, I, I'm not really shocked that much with what happens in the NFL. I was pretty shocked by the Cowboys absolutely dismantling the Bengals Thanks. this week. Yes. Cincinnati is a tough team. They've got mm-hmm. playoff experience, and yet here come the Cowboys at home. Haven't really been tested this year. They haven't. Put on a clinic, offensively and defensively. First, that defense.
1: We all written them off, wrote them off as terrible. They played pretty damn good that game. Yes, and that's the thing. is, And they did the same thing last year with no-name players. And so they're doing the exact same thing. Was that Mo Claiborne game? that actually had a good game last right. week? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was
0: crazy. No, mm-hmm. I'm with you, though. I think... They are uh, stepping well coached. Up. They're yeah, stepping well coached. up, and look if they can if they can at least be serviceable
1: with how their offense is playing. Efficient. So I mean, my question is: So yeah, Marinelli, he's doing a great job. He did good last year, but my thing is, what about Tony Romo, the the, the elephant in the room, Tony Romo, Dak Prescott? Okay, well, first of all.
0: <laughs> If Dak Prescott goes into Lambeau Field mm-hmm. and meets Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Which there's no can. way you can physically take that job away from him. Oh, you can. Uh, I mean, they any, they logical, hum, any logical human being should. But <laughs> to get back to the Romo-Prescott debate, what's interesting to me is that, like I said before, this is like the bizarro Tony Romo. Prescott isn't flashy. He's not really going to light it up statistically. Mm-hmm. He runs the offense. He still hasn't made a turnover
1: yet. Right. Um and that's the players key. around him. And doesn't He has try better to do numbers he has better numbers without Dez Bryant. Oh yeah. And yeah. I just I
0: you know what? Long term picture, I really do think Romo's days are if they're not numbered, they're they're pretty much done as a starter. Mm-hmm. The contract. What Romo's making at his age with his injury history, you know, twenty million dollars in that neighborhood. Dak's on that rookie deal. We saw what the Seahawks were able to do. I was about Russell to say Will say, Yes. I don't know how you,
1: you don't. Yeah, if I was basically. if I was Romo, I would just sit back and just coach him. Be be the leader. Be the leader of the locker room and just got him. And then you just never know. It might become a, a spot where you are, are able to regain the throne, well, as they were saying. Prescott's been great, but he's been helped out by arguably
0: not just the best rookie running back, but maybe the line. best running back in the NFL right now. Numbers say. He's leading the league the in running, rushing. Right. In a, in a category, I'd put David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, and this guy Ezekiel yes. Elliott. The line's great, but
1: we both expect him to be good. I don't know that we expect him to be this good this fast I already. I did. I wow. mean, he he showed he sh- showed it at Ohio State um, since his f- freshman year. So I definitely expect and been uh, especially behind his Dallas Cowboys offensive line. I mean, some of them holes like that. What was it? The sixty-yard touchdown. Yeah. I forget. And I mean, that hole <laughs> was. That's true. <laughs> we could have drove, drove, right right. drove a mini car, drove a mini coupe through it or something. So but, yeah, as somebody that you know played the game
0: before, mm-hmm. do you think his underrated ability as a blocker
1: keeps the, him on the field more, uh, especially the those down catch, situations? Yeah, catch the ball, chipping. I mean, the, he does the little things right, and and you know we all we see on the highlight tapes is him busting the sixty yard runs or trucking someone but yes he does the little things right and that's what makes him so successful because they'd have to take him out if he couldn't walk mm-hmm. you
0: don't want like Romo or Prescott whoever's back there to get killed so he wouldn't have the opportunity to make those plays on third down or goal line situations and Dallas got a, got a real right one there and Ezekiel oh yeah, yeah he is yeah. he is something but this Cowboy team looks good on the other side TJ the Bengals mm. what do we make of this team I, I they play Denver tough they lose they have had a tough schedule On one hand, three losses to teams that are all pretty good right now in Denver, in Pittsburgh, and in Dallas. But this isn't a team just fighting to make the playoffs. We expected them to make a run, and it's just not happening right
1: now. No, I agree. I mean, I hate to say it. I think Marvin Lewis' days in Cincinnati. (laughs) Paul Brown doesn't fire anybody, though. That's the problem. But I'm sorry. I think they just need a new identity there in Cincinnati because... It just seemed like it's the same story every year. But this time it's a little strange because they normally dominate in a regular season and fall flat on their face in the playoffs. But it, like you said, they have had a tough schedule. But still, with Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, you have Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill. Like You're supposed to be doing something. Then the defense, doing- and the defense is really good. You have yeah. a stout defensive line and a great um, defensive back. Backfield, I just don't understand. At this point, I take it to the coaching. Just like how we gave all the credit to the coaching in Minnesota, I'm putting the blame on the coaching staff in Cincinnati. Yeah. uh, And I have nothing but respect for Marvin Lewis because, like you said, look who he um, coached underneath him, and look how successful um, Jay Gruden and Zimmer are. Yeah, and Dalton's second in the league in passing yards, but I don't
0: know if that's more of being up on bad teams or – Or garbage time or whatever that is. But Dalton not looking right in the big moments.
1: (laughs) Do you feel like they try to run... It is. Yeah, like you said, they they played a tough schedule. But I honestly don't see them doing anything this season. But do do you feel like they try to run offense through Jeremy Hill? Or run him more than Giovanni Bernard? Do you feel like they need to...
0: I it up a little bit I don't
1: mind the the dynamic of the one-two punch I think the problem is just
0: starting out of the gate they need to establish some form of a running game early they mm-hmm. haven't been able to do that and then they fall behind early and then they have to abandon it left and right uh, but I still think there's time to do something this year because they'll get the Ravens twice they'll you know they'll play Pittsburgh again Uh Buffalo is 3 and 2. That's going we'll to get but though, I don't know if they're going uh, to sustain. They the don't Raiders, help. They know, don't, they, every team has question marks in the AFC at the bottom of the barrel. Right. So we'll have to see. One team without question marks after week five, the New England <laughs> Patriots. Tom Brady's back, and he made his return against the Cleveland Browns. I was just about
1: to say, <laughs> we definitely have to say it was against the Cleveland Browns, but no disrespect to Tom Brady and the Patriots. It was an excellent game. I mean, well, over 400 yards. He or, might not have ever looked better. Um, after that being off of four games, I mean, wow. He had a couple bad throws, but he had a couple of really good throws. I mean, Tom Brady is the GOAT. So,
0: he's back. The Patriots look great. And CJ from the New England side of things. I'm intrigued to see their two tight ends set with Bell, <laughs> Bennett and Gronk. Mm-hmm. Something they excel that well before one of their tight ends murdered a bunch of people. <laughs> But I like not, yeah. But <laughs> they have a tight I mean. end that hasn't murdered anybody <laughs> coming into the system to play with Gronk. So now Bennett and Gronk together what with it, Brady, with Edelman and Amendola on the outside, and Chris Hogan. And don't forget Laguard Blunt or in Deion the back, Lewis returning yeah, has, from injury. <laughs> have a stacked offense. There, yeah. This is a scary team, and, and I think the way they move the ball with mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels being creative. I'm I'm scared of this team going forward. I think they could beat anyone in the
1: NFL. They can, they really can, and I mean they're definitely looking like the ticket. They grabbing a ticket for the AFC this season. Well, defensively though, now that's where. Look, no, but you never could count out a Bill Belichick right, defense. But Denver,
0: I know they lost the game. Denver proved that they could jump on the neutralize their offense with their defense and, and get through on that New England defensive side. I don't know. I'm still, I still have some question marks there. I, I want to see mm. them against a team not starting their
1: fifth string quarterback. <laughs> yeah, defensively. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, but. So, I don't know. I can never count on a Bill no, Bell. I mean, you're not counting on them.
0: Not, we'll see where this team is, you know, after this week since then. Right, and then really
1: after the following week when they play Pittsburgh. Yeah. we got to see which Pittsburgh team we're going to get, but I think that's going to be the decided factor of. What, what can we expect from the Patriots this season? The Browns, man. Uh, good Lord. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> good, yeah, good Lord, dude. That is just, it's tough to watch.
0: Everybody gets hurt. And, right. And I do uh, like Terrell prior to. I, yeah. did, we talk
1: about yeah, Josh? did you already talk about Josh no, Gordon last week? No, uh, we you didn't talked. talk
0: about Josh Gordon. Um, Very tragic. Because mm-hmm. I think we, record, yeah, we recorded this the day before that I news see. broke last week. And look. I'm all for people getting help and figuring out they have a problem. The timing of it is kind of weird. It makes <laughs> right. me think that he had this problem all along, mm-hmm. and no one really stepped in the last year when he was suspended from football to get him the help he needs. But, shame, man, he can yeah, really play. I, and I, I, I don't know that he... I, I'm very positive he doesn't play for the Browns again. No, he won't. In he the won't. NFL? He might. I don't know. because receiver is be. not a position... And CJ receiver is a position where... I don't think you need to take flyers as much. New England's doing it with a lot of guys that wouldn't be number one on yes.
1: any team. If the baggage is there, why risk it? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And, um, yeah, it's unfortunate with Josh Gordon. I just think, the um, just based off that situation real quick, that's when you try to help somebody out for too long and they just take advantage of your kindness, basically. But you have
0: to move on. You know, and he, Browns need all the playmakers they can get. Josh Gordon not playing with them probably ever again. Uh, a team in disarray. The Carolina Panthers oh, deal 1-4. It's
1: like they either really games. good or really bad. Well, it's been really bad I'm talking about year. like, yeah. like oh, past season. Like last year, they were really good. Then the year before that, they were really bad. It's just odd. It's either they got it
0: or they don't. So Cam Newton didn't play the last game. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear that they... Had a good chance to win if he would have played. But I, I want think to it's talk the about the line. Yeah, though. I want to that talk about the, of the line because really bad. what's wrong? Cam took a pounding when he was
1: playing, and now with the oh. line there, it's patchwork. And yeah, and you can tell it's patchwork. I mean, it's really bad. And I feel like that's the downfall this season, and that, the offense can't get into a rhythm. Like you said, last year it was design run plays, cam busting 10 plus yards. This year, he's running for his life and getting lit up. How bad is that secondary? I mean, that is just atrocious. Julio Jones was
0: costing people jobs out there. Right. And then the running game isn't doing anything with the injuries. Stewart's injury is a killer. It's tough. I I don't know. Now, I will say that it's hard to completely write them off. 1-4 and is a tough hill to overcome. Mm -hmm. But... It is possible. That they went on a winning streak two years ago when they were really bad to get the playoffs. Yeah. It was their last four, I think, games mm-hmm. in there. But what did they finish like? 7-8-1 and one Seven to eight. win it the division. Really bad. I think they went on a four-game winning streak at the end to do mm-hmm. it.
1: We'll see. But, uh, yeah. This I mean, team, if they don't... This way, I mean, it's, 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 if your offensive line is horrible, you, you won't be, you they won't missed, be able to And miss. they missed Josh Norman. But, again,
0: the business side of it, it made sense to not... Commit that much money, mm-hmm. that left the cupboard very bare. You know, not much left. And like they the say, he was game. a system quarterback before, so hey, he getting the better end of that board. Switching so to a team doing very well after uh, a bad game against the Eagles, the Pittsburgh Steelers were rolling mm-hmm. last week. Yep, they uh, they looked pretty impressive in the Big last ben, two weeks. Yeah, Big
1: Ben is looking. The thing about the Steelers, if they could stay healthy, if they could stay healthy. That could really wreck havoc on his league.
0: And you know they just signed the practice squad, Carlos Williams. They can get something out of him. Yeah, and they stupid.
1: Have him lose a little weight, and then just oh, that yeah. would be
0: nasty. Now, Le'Veon, DeAngelo, now Coates on one hand oh. as a rookie receiver, that stat line looked like a great game. Mm-hmm. A lot of drops a lot but of. But no,
1: he team. had he had got stitches yeah. at halftime in his hand. Fair enough. But I think he's. There's so many weapons for Bett. I mean, he I know, still
0: throws a me. great ball. Ball, but A great ball. You do wonder about the defense, though. And we've talked yes. about the question marks that New England's going to face in two weeks when they play Pittsburgh, though. Uh-huh. What about
1: vice versa?
0: When yeah, the they pit- have to
1: line up against Brady and company. Right. And like you said, both of those, I mean, really still as defenses. I mean, they haven't even played any dominant offenses. They, well... The Chiefs, 14 points. I mean, they not a really explosive offense. And the Jets, 13 points. But like you said, they played the Eagles with Wentz, and he put up 34. So, But that's yeah. a team, right, CJ, that even
0: momentum doesn't matter necessarily in a, in a playoff. If they get in, they're going to be dangerous. It's going to be, you know, I expect them to win the division, but even if they get in as a wild card,
1: they're still a very dangerous team. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if the offense is clicking, they're going to win. And if it's not... Sorry (laughs) Steelers. Well, I hope to see a
0: sorry Steelers this year. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Wishful thinking, I guess. And before we get to this week's games, another four and one team, C.J. the Oakland Raiders. Yes.
1: They got. They got
0: that swagger. So 4-1, I mean, and, and, and I know there's issues with this team, but let's give respect. Your record says what you are.
1: They're 4-1. And, and, and the Chargers are 1-1. <laughs> All right, but... My yeah. God, that, that <laughs> is a I, joke. Feel so, I feel so bad for the Chargers. But no, back back to Oakland, I just feel like you see a young team that's playing with confidence. They got their swagger. I mean, kind of remind me of the Seattle Seahawks early on, just when they were just confident. Um, the thing is that they're not... They, they know that they're going to win. They don't think they know they're going to win, and they coach is showing that by letting them go for it on fourth downs. And, so definitely freewheeling. Uh, and and Carr, that and that builds the Carr, that say. builds confidence in the in the squad because if they see they coach believe in them, they are gonna believe in themselves. So, Arthur's a great ball. He's a great young quarterback. Prattry. what a
0: re, what a reinvention for this He guy. just needed a quarterback. He needed a. <laughs> he needed <laughs> yeah.
1: a, And look, he's he taking did. a shot from McGary. T- I is. mean, Amari had a good game last week, and, but I'm just yeah. saying. But the w- two weeks prior to that. What a one-two punch that is. Yes.
0: The running game, I think they need to get yeah. a little more consistent. Uh, they're showing great resolve winning these games, but they don't want to get into a habit of having to win in the final seconds. No, yes. That's tough Good luck
1: eventually will run out. But that's the defense. The defense. You would think Khalil Mack and, and players – on that side of the ball, will be able to step up more, but yeah, that's another downfall for that team with that defense. I
0: think this team has a chance, has a real chance to make the playoffs. It's going to be tough having to play Denver twice, Kansas mm-hmm. City this week twice. I mean, they're four and one's good, but the meeting <laughs> schedule's coming. Yes. San Diego though, God, I, uh-huh. we I, I had uh, Chris Miller on the show last week, and we talked about this game and joked about how San Diego just keeps finding ways to lose, yes. and they found another
1: one—a bobbled uh-huh. snap on a field goal. I feel bad, too, because they could easily be 4-1 right now. Ugh. I mean, I don't even know what to say. I just feel bad for that fan Rivers For Rivers, really, because you want to see him be successful in the playoffs. You want to see him make a make a run, you know, because he's been a great why quarterback. Why is it that he always has just scrubs to throw? Them. I don't want to say scrubs. That's the whole problem. But why is it that he has <laughs> no-name receivers year after year? A guy goes down the, the depth. or they pan him too much? Is that... It that's could the thing, be. I feel like, because they're not able to build up that offensive line, really. Melvin he, Gordon looks good this year. But like you said, so, the receivers, yeah. he he's really been thrown to don't name receivers, besides Antonio Gates. It could be paying him too much. I mean, I think he needs the, the grocery money for his nine nah, kids. No, I know. So that's the thing. Look, he ain't taking no pay cut. No, and McCoy,
0: <laughs> he's, he's still my vote to be the first coach fired. I, I don't know how yeah. they keep blowing these games. I, so you, it falls on a coach's shoulders. At some point, they were—they've been winning with two minutes left in four. Uh, this was the mo- This was the only yeah, game this season they weren't they didn't have yeah. a lead with two minutes left. So, CJ Deere on the Money Mitch effect. Money Mitch. And right now, we're going to go into week six. Little a uh, reoccurring theme on the show before we preview a select number of games. Mm-hmm. We'll do our contest here: one lock, one game closer than you think, and one upset. The little Money Mitch effect challenge. And I haven't nailed them all, but the game closer than you think, I've gotten wrong a few times. But my upset's two for two. Okay. We've Saints over Chargers two weeks ago, and the Lions beat the Eagles last week. So I'm riding hot. I don't know if I'm going to keep it going, but CJ, we'll start with you. Lock right. of the week. Lock of the week easily the Steelers versus the Dolphins. I, I gotta agree. remember now to let my guests go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> no, it's happened before. No,
1: I agree. Like I'm not going to take that one, but that's a great oh, okay. pick. I mean, the Dolphins look horrible. I'm definitely picking the Steelers this week in my survival pool. I mean, I'm sorry, Miami, but you guys look terrible. There's my
0: lock. It was right up there with the Pittsburgh Miami lock. Mm-hmm. Bills. 49ers. That's okay. What Bills are going to win this game. Yeah. East Coast time zone. We know about the travel thing. I'm not a huge travel, you know, truther, but I think there's something there. And the Bills look good too, though. They're on a three-game Last, winning streak. Yeah. They're at home. Crowd gets rowdy. Mm-hmm. Niners roster, top to bottom, not good. Not good at all. And you take Hyde off there, pretty much. You
1: know, you're really thin. But Kefnick, Curly, what's the Curly, shoulder going to look like? Yeah, and think. that's the thing, because Curly looked good since um, they acquired him. But the t- scary thing is, I don't know if Kaepernick going to be able to get the ball in his hands. <laughs> so Yeah,
0: I don't know his health. And that team is just going through the motions. And the Bills are playing for Rex Ryan's job this season. Mm-hmm. I like Buffalo, man, in this game. I don't know if it'll last,
1: but I like them to get to 4-2. Yeah, I mean, unless Kaepernick comes back to his old form, I'm definitely going with you with the Bills. What's your team. game that's closer than you think? So the game that's gonna be close is of the, the Seahawks and the Falcons. Oof but, right. but I'm pulling I'm um giving the Seahawks the win since they come in off the bye. I
0: like the fact that Seattle isn't this invincible team. Six and a half points is a lot to be favored by. My worry though with this is the coach mentor relationship here. Dan Quinn got his oh. name right this time. Coached under Pete Carroll. We saw a similar thing with Bill O'Brien under Belichick, and he just got destroyed. <laughs> I, I like this Falcons team, and I think they, I proved they can definitely win these so, games. So you think the, you, you're picking the Falcons over the Seahawks? I'm picking the Seahawks to win. Oh, okay. But I'm oh, on the okay. fence whether it'll be close or not.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that's see? where I'm
0: at. I'm not sure. It's a close one. Mm-hmm. All right, Because so the
1: Seahawks don't put
0: up any a lot of points, really. Right, absolutely. My game that's going to be closer than you
1: think? What about the Jets going to Arizona next Monday? I almost, that was going to be my upset. I know we haven't got that. No, else go, still, but let, no still, that's not my upset. But I'm saying that was going to be my upset game. I don't know about this Cardinal team. What? We'll Palmer, Palmer's showing his age. Yeah. Jets aren't <laughs> terrible. Their schedule
0: has been brutal. I don't think anyone's had a harder schedule. It was, it, but it, that Jets. does
1: hurt with Eric Decker going out on IR, but. We'll have to see, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna that, say the that Jets
0: could be, keep it close. They can yeah. keep it close to that D and force Arizona to win it Wait, This is an Arizona team that had to win a lot of close games last year when they were good. So yes, all right, CJ, it's that time. Upset. Pick. Hold on, real quick. Okay.
1: Should I um drop Michael Floyd from my fantasy team? If the waiver wire is good, yeah, drop him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or struggling. Stop starting. I definitely <laughs>
0: stop starting him if that proves. But
1: all right, upset pick. Here you go. So my upset pick. Is going to be the San Diego Superchargers oh, over we're the Broncos. Going to, so
0: this is going to air tomorrow, on Thursday, so yeah. it's going to be tonight's
1: game. Oh, okay. By the time yes. people are listening to this. So, yes. Chargers over the Broncos. That's, that's, the that's upset. my upset. No, I, I like it. I, I they mean, mean, because it could that, happen, they, 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 now, Kubiak's not going to be on the sideline. Right, and then Simeon is coming off that injury. Chargers. Hey. Look out, I'm 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 jumping on the Chargers bandwagon for this week. They need this win. So I told you a while ago
0: that I'm a gambler and I like to live dangerously. But, and first of all, I almost went Rams to Lions, but that line's a joke. The Lions the Rams it? are three point underdogs. Oh okay. They could easily win that game. Um New thing? And with all due respects with all due respect to uh, some other teams in this league that are on the that are on the road underdogs Give me in an upset, CJ, the Cincinnati Bengals beating the Patriots. Woo! <laughs> I'm, I'm moving dangerous, so we're gonna put this theory to the test. Okay.
2: Hey, Patriots I like, are riding high, Patriots way are way more pa- dangerous than Patriots
0: mine. are riding high after that big win over the Browns. <laughs> Bengals are two and three staring two and four in the face. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think I'm going to go here. Well, why not? Let's go. I love it. Man. I have Bengals I, going I like to Super Bowl picks. in my preseason pick, so I'm going down So what just the ship. are you
1: going down with the ship? Going man. down with
0: the ship. CJ Deere on the Money Mitch. Effect. Money Mitch. And right now, we're going to wrap the show, previewing some of the games that we didn't get to. All right. None bigger than old Cowboys at Packers. Oof. Fox's game of the week. Green Bay at four-point favorite. Line was about five. It's coming down to four. They also have enough to go into Green Bay and beat a Packers team that is
1: yes, good but not great. Not right. great, right? Yes, they can. <sighs> I mean, you got got my blood pressure high yeah. after your upset. Kick, no, I'm on. I'm ready to go to the casino <laughs> right now. I think I'm, uh, but now I'm going with the Packers over the Cowboys. But that would be a great win for the Cowboys and that young team.
0: Worried about Green Bay's running game. Oh yeah, they don't get it going. Rodgers has to do a little too much, mm-hmm. sinks off a little. Giants D actually played pretty well against them. Their offense was a joke. That yeah, game. that offense was terrible. So do do you credit the defense? Green Bay D is better, but that was atrocious. I mean, the Giants came in with no running game,
1: and you know couldn't get anything going. Really yeah, I mean, but well. real, I, I know you will probably talk about the Giants, but just thinking of that offense with Eli and then you have those three monsters outside, and Odell, Shepard, and Victor Cruz. I mean, is it the run game, so that's not allowing the passing game to take off? What do you think is the issue over there? I think the biggest issue is
0: Mike McCarthy as a play caller is so Mm pass-happy, and when the running game doesn't get going, he just abandons it. Rodgers is a great quarterback, and at the end of his career, we're going to look back and think, did a Hall of Fame quarterback... Cover up how bad McCarthy wasn't. <laughs> think about it, because there's a lot of times when those great Rogers moments are him just freestyling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not a big fan of that. I think a good team like
1: Seattle has done in the playoffs a couple years. Right. Can beat that. So. Yes, I, mean, I do. I mean, this is. That's probably the game I'm most excited to watch on Sunday. Now Packers Cowboys. I'm gonna talk about the LA Rams going Go to Detroit.
0: Detroit being the Eagles last week. In an upset win. Rams are underdogs. They lose an ugly game to the Bills. I think they can definitely go in and win this game. But as you know, as a Rams fan for a few
1: years now. <laughs> more my than own a few life. years now. Your oh, life, life. <laughs> they can lose any game as well too. Oh my goodness. And I, and I feel <laughs> so bad for the way that I'm leaning. I don't even want to say it on a microphone. Do it. <laughs> don't kill me. I'm, I am I'm a Rams fan. Excuse me, go Rams Nation, but the Lions are a sneaky team, and I kind of like Stafford this year because, and that's what I'm starting to look at too in terms of Dak Prescott when Daz Bryant, his numbers aren't as high because he feels like he has to force feed him the ball. The mm-hmm. same thing with Matt, Matthew Staff, Stafford. He looks like a, a really good quarterback. That you're spreading the ball around. You got Theo Riddick coming out the backfield, and then you got Marvin Jones on the outside. Like he's really spreading the ball. So I, I think the Lions could get this win. Cause the Rams. I mean, just to be honest, Case Keenum not can't go throw for throw with Stafford. We don't have any wide receivers that can compete with Marvin Jones. And,
0: and well, then they just
1: go stack the box yeah. and try to stop Gurley. You, know, you never
0: pick the Rams in a suicide pool and it's hard to bet on them because you don't know what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. History says the Rams lose this game and Jeff Fisher falls back to 500. <laughs> but the Lions can't really run the ball. I know they signed for a set but I'm not sure And if they can't run the ball with, but, that, with that interior D-line of the Rams Stafford could have a rough day. Mm-hmm. I'm leading Rams here. I think they can win this game. I think it's another classic LA Rams ugly win, but I like them, you know, in this game. All right. Carolina, New Orleans, CJ. Almost a loser leaves town match mm-hmm. where one in five is one in four versus one in five. One in four if the Saints lose, one in five if the Panthers lose.
1: So Carolina get the bounce yeah, back. today, correct? So he's expected to start. I feel like this is going to be the deciding factor for their season. If they lose this game, don't expect Carolina to do anything. They, they if they win, win. they're going to um go on, start and this. If this line can't block the New Orleans defense, <laughs> just shut it down. Right. So shut I'm going to definitely down right pick the Panthers if Cam is starting. But I'm with like you, I man. said, this is the deciding <laughs> factor for that season, in my opinion. Because like you said, if they can't put up points against this Saints defense, it's going right. to be a long season. Because you with, already know yeah. Drew Brees at home. Yeah, and hey. you know he likes playing there, and I think they're going to put up twenty plus points. Yeah, you got it's got to be Carolina's
0: game. And just for the record, I'm going to go Broncos in the Thursday night tonight's game. Okay. I just don't think the Chargers. I can't pick the Chargers. They'll find a way to yeah, it at the end. <laughs> Maybe <first>. not. <laughs> not, sure not, not on Thursday. Okay. Not on Thursday. May at home too. And the Broncos have to travel. I know it's not that it. far, but. Giants-Ravens, do we like the Giants to bounce back here? They're three-point favorites. Baltimore had a heartbreaking loss last
1: week. Mm-hmm. And then
0: Two I teams that might not be overrated.
1: <laughs> Way overrated. This is a tough game to be. I mean, because I don't have confidence in either team, to be honest. I, and I really haven't watched a Ravens game from start to finish, but it's just like they, they've they been getting lucky. Uh, Flacco really doesn't put up that many numbers. Uh, Who has the worst defense? (laughs) I right? I'm going with the Giants in this game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Giants
0: have to get this game. They bounce back, and I think they do take it from Baltimore. Real quick note, CJ, on maybe one of the worst games that we've seen in a long time, Cleveland going to Tennessee. (laughs) There you (laughs) go. Hey, uh, hey, Mario to look good. Browns get their first win?
1: No. No. Titans 7-point favorites for the first time in about 20 years. I know. Um, no, I'm definitely going with the Titans. Murray, Mariota looked good last week, and then DeMarco Murray is looking like the Dallas Cowboys, DeMarco Murray. So I'm definitely going with the Titans. But I like the Browns. I want them to be successful. I want yeah, Crowell to <laughs> do good. I want Terrell Pryor to do good, you know. Andrew Hawkins probably had the best touchdown celebration of the year. It multiple,
0: <laughs> yeah. We're going to skip through the uh, abominable games in Jacksonville, Chicago, and Indy Houston. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to see that. Mm. So, Philadelphia, Washington. Philadelphia favorite in Washington. Divisional game. Washington on a three-game winning streak. Right.
1: Quiet. Quiet. A three games. A lot of people not talking Post about Post games,
0: too, in, mm-hmm. in some of those games. Um, Philadelphia loses their first game to the Lions. We're kind of still on the bandwagon, the batting public is, <laughs> but it's cooling off. How do you see this yeah. one going?
1: Like you said, the Redskins, on that three-game winning streak, they've been looking good. The defense has been looking good. Kirk Cousins, not making that that many mistakes. I'm going with the Eagles, though. Because I, I felt like they should have beat the Lions um, if, it, if it wasn't for the fumble. This is the so, classic. Yeah. And then the Eagles defense, let's really see if they, they're that good. I think they could be able to keep Kirk Cousins in the offense in check and then Carson Wentz, he doesn't make that many mistakes. So I'm going with the Eagles in this game. By the way, big shout-out to uh, Darius Slate for the final oh, no. three minutes that he had. Yeah. I saw it happen, and I'm like, this
0: guy's <laughs> winning player of the week. There's no way he's not. Um, but I like the skins here. I, I, this is the classic game where I pick Washington, and Cousins throws four picks. <laughs> if he doesn't screw this game up, Washington should win. Mm-hmm. Their defense that's, is playing better. Be- I don't know that Wentz has the weapons, to get through Norman in that secondary, yes, I like Washington at home in a brutal NFC East game. It's going to be a 17, good game. 13 or I, this 17, this is a nice
1: slate of games, to be honest. They're going to be close games. Last so blowout, one. Guys. Last one
0: to talk about underrated game, maybe the game of the week in a lot of ways. Oakland, Kansas City. You think? Oak. I, I think this is going to be a very good, very good game. Mm-hmm. Oakland, a one-point favorite at home, they can get to five and one with a win. Hmm. The Chiefs. Talk about an inconsistent team. They've been all over the map,
1: but this is a chance for them it's to get right do. back. Which is Jamal Charles, I think he's going to get a lot if of... He's back. That's what I'm looking wrestling. at. Um, but no. Raiders 5-1? <laughs> and one? Really? I mean, that the Chiefs offense can't go toe-for-toe toe with the Raiders offense. Agreed. And, and the Chiefs defense... I mean, I love Marcus Peters. And that's going to be... But like you, we talked about it earlier, you have Amari Cooper on one side and Michael Crabtree on the other side. So, wh- wherever Marcus Peter isn't, that's where Carr is going to target. So, And the Chiefs' defense is not as good as they were in the past year. So, I mean, I'm going with the Raiders. Shout okay. out to my Missouri team, though. only oh, team left <laughs> in Missouri. But. There you go. I'm going to
0: go Chiefs here. <laughs> Must win back against the wall. Mm-hmm. Get pressure on Carr. They can... I think if Kansas City can take a lead into the fourth quarter, Andy Reid can run his 10-minute offense and bring this one home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an I've invested in some really it's bad, 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 bad coaches this week. I just love <laughs> like, uh, Andy Reid, Mar- uh, Moivis' struggle, Jay Gruden. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. And well. Yeah, the Chiefs, like
1: I said, that offense, I, they just, and then the defense. So, yeah, I like, I like the writers in that matchup. That's going to do it for C.J. Deere on the Money Mitch Effect. Money Mitch, thank you for having me.
0: Real quick, C.J., what's something you're looking forward to this weekend? If there's one thing you're looking
1: to see in the NFL. One thing I'm looking forward to seeing in the NFL. The Young Guns in Dallas. Back in EZ. Like you said, going up there to Lambeau Field. and Seeing what they could do. It's October. You know, it's starting to get a little chilly out that way. So... I think that's the number one thing I'm excited to see this weekend. Aside from my Browns, hoping to get a win, I'm looking to see (laughs) consistency. Some
0: of these three and two, four and one Mm -hmm. teams, can they keep it going? Yes. Because the season is still early. Come on, Cincinnati! I need you in the upset pick. But (laughs) C.J., thanks again for coming on the show. Definitely won't be your last time here. Hey. a pleasure to talk to CJ. It gets a little loopy at times in our late night podcast recordings, but he always brings his A-game. Glad he could drop knowledge on the show, on uh, the uh, NFL, and he will be back. Mark my words on that. All right, time to switch sports and talk baseball with Brian Nelson. We work a tennis channel together. He's going to share his thoughts on Nick Kyrgios taking another match in Shanghai, as well as recapping the American League Divisional round, Indians and Blue Jays moving on. We'll look at that series, we're going to recap Cubs-Giants, and we're also going to talk a little bit about Game 5 tonight, LA Dodgers-Washington Nationals. It's Nelly time on the Money Mitch Effect. Alright, so now we have Brian Nelson on the line on the Money Mitch Effect. Brian Nelson, Nelly, as uh, he's known to many, a tennis channel professional like myself, Nelly, thanks for joining the show. No problem. Thanks for having me, Mitch. Before we get to the meat of the conversation, the MLB playoffs, I want to talk a little about tennis, our our main area of expertise, and the story, you hate to see it be a negative story, out of the gate. Nick Kyrgios, Nelly, was uh, tanking yet again, losing to Mises Varev in the second round of the Shanghai Masters, but the big story was the lack of effort. Uh, on the tennis court and if you get a chance to youtube this anybody out there listening you got to take advantage of it and see what we're talking about but no a question i want to ask you is this is a guy that has over time you know shown that he has some elite level talent but also doesn't have the focus or professionalism you know, or is this something that we should just be accustomed to seeing with this guy or do you think he'll ever turn the corner and uh, become a complete professional
2: well i I'd like to hope he turns it around because he, as you say, he does have he does have talent and he can play with the best of them and I think he can compete on a on a top level. Uh, he's proven that he's beaten a lot of top ten uh, guys and you know he's gone deep in the tournaments and proven able to play on all surfaces and and he's a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, seeing these kinds of things just makes you wonder. You know when is he going to get it all together? And um, you know it's like every time he kind of has one of these, I feel like he takes a step back, and then has to do even more to sort of prove his his you know commitment to the game, which clearly he doesn't really have. I mean, watching him in this match, it was like strange. I, I couldn't I couldn't really figure you know what was going on with this kid. Is is he injured? Is, you know I don't know. It's unfortunate, and especially with one of these guys that, that we're looking to, to kind of carry the sport on once, once the Federer and Djokovic's and Nadal, you know, once they retire. He's still pretty young, but, you know, that, that kind of attitude, I don't think, goes away. The best that we can hope that he can learn to maybe manage it. Yeah, I
0: would, uh, I would agree with that. And I'll add that if he wasn't, as talented as he is. I don't know that, you know, this keeps getting talked about. There's a lot of guys with bad attitudes on tour. Uh, The fact that he's so close to breaking through and this is what's tripping him up is the most unfortunate thing. And it's almost, as you said, Nellie, it's almost as if he, you know, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Not every outburst is, you know, a a terrible one, but now this is his reputation. And I think he has to adjust to the fact that the camera's on him. You know, the stars are on the show, the lights are on him, and everybody wants to see what he'll do next. But I, I watched this match, you know, with you, and I saw the parts of it, and I, I don't know why he was even out there. If he's tired from winning the last tournament in Tokyo, then why even play? I mean, that's what I keep coming back to, you know, getting into it with fans, getting into it with the umpire. I don't know why he was even on the court with that effort.
2: Yeah, I I feel like it may be a case a little bit of self-sabotaging that you know he he's got the game, but I think he doesn't want the questions to be about his game and his gameplay. He wants he wants all these distractions to somehow I don't know. It's like it's, it's, it's he's not ready, even though everyone else is ready for him to kind of take that next step. And he's just yeah, gonna,
0: and. Uh... It's just it's too bad as well that he has this attitude with that game, as you said, and, the, and he had a lot of things to say after the match, not very apologetic. But the one that got me was he could care less about the ATP Finals. I mean that just speaks volumes where he wants to get the year-end tournament not even on his radar. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's
2: too bad. I mean, it's, we'll see. Okay. Yeah.
0: We'll have to see. Talking okay. talk about Brian Nelson on the Money Mitch Effect. All right, let's get to the baseball, the, the, the main reason that we're here. And, Nellie, it was, I'll start with the ALDS, the Cleveland Indians, sweeping the Boston Red Sox out of the playoffs. Three games, two of them were tight. The Indians were underdogs in this series, and yet, Nellie, here they are. In the ALCS for the first time since 2007, being the mighty Red Sox, what do you think? Was the main reason they were able to win so easily?
2: I think really the, the Red Sox, quite honestly, underestimated the Indians and they just thought they would have a chance to get back in the series. And um, the Indians, with some expert managerial decisions from Francona, uh, just kind of closed the door on them before they knew what happened. I feel like the Red Sox kept expecting for an opportunity to present itself that first game of the series was sort of a, a microcosm of the series in, in general is that the Indians kind of got out to a little bit of a lead, and then the Red Sox got back in, and then, you know, Miller came in, worked a couple shutout innings, and, and that was it. And I feel like this Cleveland team will, will is able to kind of do that. They're not too flashy. They have a lot of, uh, you know, just sort of role players that kind of do their job and, they can be you a lot of different ways, you know I think the Red Sox figured that the starters were going to get them you know get them some quality innings, and it just didn't happen so
0: yeah there was a lot of there a lot of choking uh for David Price yet again, the one game that wasn't close was another disaster from him on the mound, but I'm with you in the sense that Francona really made the difference, and looking back on it it's easy to see why he was so aggressive in game one, and you know it's a best of five series. I think he felt like they had to get that game and get the lead and then put the pressure on Boston to win going forward, and Boston just wilted uh, you know, under pressure. I'm really impressed with this Indian team, not just because I am a fan, but because I think that with some of the injuries they've had to overcome, two starting pitchers, Michael Brantley out, they still find a way to win, as you said, in a non-flashy way. But for Boston, Nellie, I'm really disappointed for not that this team lost, but how they went out. It almost looked like they didn't really put up a fight that much at times in this series. And as someone that you know follows the AL East closely, you know, I wonder about that and, and what your take on that is. If they were maybe a little bit of a front-running type team throughout the season.
2: Well, I think when you got that Red Sox uniform on, I don't know. I feel like there's a certain sense of entitlement and a certain expectation of, of victory. And you know, that AL East was a contested battle all the way up until the end of the of the season, you know, and there's a lot of a lot of good games, a lot of good series against the Blue Jays and Yankees and I really feel like they were just asleep at the wheel and they just really underestimated this team and that game one I can't stress enough how important you know, and, and as you say in a game, in a five game series, which I personally have a problem with a five game series in the in an A L D S or nine l N L D S because I feel like it's not representative of of, uh, of a series for a baseball team. I think it's interesting that we ended up with two sweeps. And I feel like, you know, because it's such a streaky game that we sort of get hot and then that's it, it's over, you know. And from Cleveland's perspective, they kind of got hot and these guys kind of rallied around their team. As you said, they did experience some injuries to players. Honestly, it just seemed like the, the Red Sox
1: just were not ready
2: for that.
0: Yeah, that seems like it was the case. Uh, Staggering to see how they went out, considering how well they played post-All-Star break. Um, But then, yeah, running into uh, a buzzsaw in Cleveland. But speaking of buzzsaws, Nellie, the team the Indians will be playing in the ALCS, the Toronto Blue Jays, who win the wild-card game over Baltimore in dramatic fashion at Encarnacion with the walk-off home run, and then they absolutely dismantle the Texas Rangers, a sweep that they started on the road winning both games in Texas before finishing it off in Toronto. I mean, I make no mistake about it. This is a dangerous team and the bats have woken up. The pitching is getting better. There's a lot to like about this blue Jays team.
2: Absolutely. And, and I like I said, baseball is a is game. streaks. When you're hot, you're hot. And right now there's really no team hotter than the Toronto blue Jays. I mean, and a lot of that was catalyzed by that wild car win over, over the Orioles. I mean, signature wins can kinda of send a team on their way. And I also do think the Blue Jays have a were playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulders. You know, last year kinda of left a bad taste in their mouths as far as, you know, the postseason experience and all year I, I feel like the Blue Jays were kind of underperforming to a certain extent and they just kinda of brought it all together towards the end of the season and and they're just they're hot, you know, right now and, and that's the time we want to be hot. So um, yeah. Texas, again, is in the same way, I feel like the Rangers, they didn't know what hit them in this one. I mean, I think they came in, they were the, they were the top seed in the AL. But you look back on the season, the, the Rangers kind of, they won a lot of one-run games, and they were kind of just, I feel like maybe the the Rangers weren't as good as their record indicates. And the Blue Jays handled them. It was not really a series. I mean, with the exception of that third game, which ended with that tank replay challenge, The Rangers
0: were never really in this one. No, it started right off off the bat with Cole Hamels got rocked at home against Toronto, and it was all Blue Jays from there. Uh, That's a great point about the one-run games. You see that in, like, maybe hockey or or with one-goal games where teams are not quite as good as their record indicates, and I think that's what happened. But, you know, as you said, Toronto had a lot of talent. They underperformed this season. They found their groove. And they're definitely going to be a tough out as we look forward now to the ALCS. Cleveland with the home field advantage, Nellie. Toronto comes in on fire, as does Cleveland. Who do you think has the edge going into this best-of-seven series?
2: It's tough because I feel like in some ways so the Blue Jays are are peaking right now. Uh, but I, I, I don't think we can underestimate the importance of that home field uh, the Indians play very well at home. But, you know, the the seven game series changes a lot. And particularly for the Indians in the rotation, because I think there's going to be some question marks as far as, as how Frank Conner manages that rotation in the bullpen, because you're not going to be able to run no out there two innings a game in a seven game series. You know, you're going to need to get into some fit six. six seven innings with some of these starters, and I think outside of Kluber, maybe, maybe Trevor Bauer, I think there's a lot of question marks about that starting rotation for the Indian. I, I guess if press, I'm I'm going to go with the try on this one just because I feel like that home field advantage, I think is going to be huge, and I think ultimately they've got the right blend of, of role players, guys that can sort of step up when they need to, and they've got some power, and Andrew Miller in that bullpen is uh, the fourth to be reckoned with. I do like the Indians as
0: well. I'm admittedly, biased. I think this is going to go seven. I think Toronto's pitching could be their downfall, and I'm with you here. In a best of seven series, I think it will, you know, be more of a war of attrition. I think if the Indians can get a lead and get to their bullpen, they'll be fine. But you know, this is going to be a slugfest. I think there's. I don't see it one way or the other. Being one team gets hot and it's over. I think there's going to be a lot of give and take, a lot of momentum swings. But ultimately, I do like the Indians here. Uh, chatting with Brian Nelson on the Money Mitch effect. Let's go now to the National League. One team has punched their ticket. It's the Chicago Cubs. They win in four over a very a very pesky Giants team. But last night's game, they clinched. We would all thought we were going back to Chicago for an elimination game, a game five that would have had a lot of pressure on the Cubs but the Giants blow yet another save to lose the game. First, Nellie, from the Giants' perspective, this is a team that blew a ton of saves in the regular season. Very fitting that their season ended as such. What went wrong for their bullpen, and why are they suddenly going home when it looks like we would have a fifth game?
2: Well, I, I feel like the Giants are a team that, quite honestly, I think they overachieved most of the season. And I, I think they got kind of off towards the end of the season. You know, they have great bat; They have one of the best pitchers in, in all of baseball. But you got to have a bullpen. And, and what we saw in that series was illustrated. Giants unable to protect that lead. Game four just felt, you know, I, I, I listened to it on the radio. And as it got closer and just had that sense of inevitability that this is going to go five games, and then Cubs fans all over this country are just that's the last thing they want is, is, a, is a game five, you know, to see Cueto yeah. again. Their bullpen fell apart. They couldn't put anybody up there getting out in the ninth inning. Got to got the lead. I, I think they got to rebuild that bullpen. I mean, Sergio Romo is, what, thirty five, thirty three, thirty four years? Yeah. I mean, he's getting up them. there. Um, so, you know, they, they've definitely got to look at that bullpen in the off season. But I think, you know, they, they still have enough. With their with the offense and their starting pitching, that they're going
0: to be relevant in 2017. Yeah, I'm I'm with you that they overachieved for having a very poor bullpen. Uh, but the story of this series, it came down to the bullpen. Chicago got leads, they held on to them, you know, with the exception of uh, some struggles in Game Three. But you know, we saw it last night. The Cubs were able to crack through on the Giants' bullpen. They never looked worried going into that ninth inning, and Really, they had no reason to. All their, They got the first, I think, three guys on base right away. Um, so this was... And Matt Moore
2: threw 120 pitches in that game before they pulled him out. And then, yeah, yeah, they knew the, They, they <laughs> knew that when yeah. they got both of them. It's, it's iffy at that. So how do we assess Chicago now? They went
0: in four. The Giants were, were problematic at times. But this is a team that has the best pitching and the best hitting in all baseball regular season-wise. What do we think of Chicago going forward now onto the NLCS for the second straight year?
2: This series with the Giants, I think it's going to be a huge launching point for the Cubs to get them through the NLCS and then on into the World Series because they lost uh, game three in 13 innings. Chapman not being able to hold onto the lead. They come back to San Francisco taking, you know, Prospects is going back home for a game five into the ninth inning. They're losing this game. They come back and win it in dramatic fashion, with Chapman then coming in in the bottom of the ninth to seal it up. I think this is the the win that they needed to kind of give them their identity. You know, because they've been the front runner the whole the whole season. They've got a hundred game winner team. They have by all rights the best pitching staff in baseball. They have potentially two. MVP candidates and Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have everybody in America rooting for them.
0: It could be right. you know. And I think going off what you just said, game four is a big win, but also the rally in game three, Chris Bryant hitting that home run late. I think these yeah. are the adversity moments that they didn't face last year, and it showed when they right. got swept out by the Mets.
2: Absolutely. And then I think, again, they have Araldus Chapman, who – Coming out of that bullpen in, in uh, the eighth and ninth inning, it's like game over.
0: Could you imagine what that's like to see as a hitter? I mean, you're facing, you know, normal, above-average pitching for seven, eight innings, and then in the ninth, it's just 100, 101, 102,
2: 103. It's, um, you can't imagine what that's like because it's uncomparable to anything else, quite frankly. I mean especially in those moments, those tense moments when, every, when everything counts and you're in there and you're trying to generate anything, and this guy, you have no chance. I, He's the best weapon in baseball right now.
0: Yeah, I would probably agree with that statement wholeheartedly. And then lastly, the series that's still going on, we're recording this on a Wednesday, the game that will be played uh, this evening when you're listening to this, Dodgers-Nationals Game 5. So the Dodgers up and down again in the first round. They win Game Four dramatically. A, a lot of question marks in that game. So now to get to Game Five, they rode the Dodgers rode Clayton Kershaw in three days rest. Took him into the seventh inning. Things got a little hairy from that. How would you assess the Dodgers win? Some of the decisions that were made in that game by manager Dave Roberts.
2: Well, first of all, that was a tremendous win. Game Four was an amazing. Win for the Dodgers, but I don't know that they needed to win it in dramatic fashion. They had a hold of that game from from the beginning, and Kershaw looked great. and I I think he should never have come out uh, and pitched in the seventh. Was it the seventh inning? Yeah, the
0: seventh when they were up five two.
2: Yeah, and I I think that it was it was a case of you know he's 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 Clayton Kershaw. We got to get him out there, but you know let's not forget that the Dodgers have the best probably the best bullpen in baseball joe blanton i mean Kelly Kelly jensen i don't know I, I think dave roberts is a little scared of quite honest that I mean, if he looked back at the last couple of years with some of the decisions not only made and i i think you know and of course kershaw wants to go out there yeah um, so yeah, they they should be very thankful that they got through that game. And I think again, I think with the Cubs this is a game that they can really rally around. I think they got a lot of uh they got a lot of um clutch play from some of the guys that they need to have clutch play from, Justin Turner and obviously Chase Utley with that turned out to be a game winning hit. So I don't know, going back to the Washington's gonna be a tough one for the Dodgers. I mean they're facing Max Scherzer and I believe the Dodgers are going to go with Rich Hill, who didn't look too mm-hmm. good in game two, but um, I don't know. I have I a feeling the Dodgers are going to take this one.
0: I think, getting back to the, uh, the original point about Kershaw, I think he pitched well, uh, all things considered. I don't think history is going to reflect that, because his bullpen let him down again. You know, mm-hmm. three more runs coming across uh, on their behalf. I don't know why he took the mound in the seventh inning, but... When we saw this team last year, they didn't get those clutch hits like Utley provided, like a Gonzalez home run early to get them going when they were down. So I think that helps having an added bat, a budding superstar really in Corey Seager. I mean, gosh, what he's been doing is unbelievable. But I give the Nats the edge going into game five. I'd like to see the Dodgers rally on the road, and I think they can win this game. Um, but I don't know if Scherzer's going to be tough. I'll lean Dodgers here as well. Um, in this one, and one last thing on this on this uh, series, do you think Nellie, the Cubs prefer an opponent?
2: I think they probably prefer the Nationals, uh, only because the Nationals are slightly more vulnerable. I think the the Dodgers can beat you in a lot of different ways, and I don't know. That that's, that's just my gut feeling.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I I think they're looking at a best of seven. They're looking at maybe Washington staff versus LA staff and thinking. It might be a little easier to get through on the Nationals, but I mean you're you're at this top level. I think either way you're going to have uh, a reasonably t- a reasonably tough time. The Cubs are in a good position though, but Game five should be very fun to watch. We'll see who is the final member of the championship round of Major League Baseball. And now, before I let you go on the Money Mitch effect, you are and probably I might add, a lifelong Yankee fan just about. And the Yankees missed the playoffs this year. They had a uh, great second half of the season after an abysmal start. What's life look like in the Bronx for the 2017 season?
2: Look, it's it's a good time to be a Yankee fan. I know that sounds like a guy drinking some Kool-Aid. Uh, yeah. But, look, we have a lot of young guys coming up. We had the back half of the season with Gary Sanchez, who by all accounts was one of the most exciting things about the last half of 2016 Agreed. season, uh, Aaron Judge, Tyler Austin. We got some guys coming up in our farm system. Clint Frazier, who we got, of course, from the uh, Miller j- deal with the Indians. So I, I think it's, the Yankees are going to be they're they're going to be in the mix in 2017. I don't I don't know that they're going to compete for the the top of the East, but they're definitely going to be in the mix. They got Tanaka, Tineda, uh Severino. We're probably going to move uh, Brett Gardner, I would think.
0: Yeah, I think it's about time uh, for that. And, you know, last year, this past year, I should say, a lot to deal with for Girardi and Company. The, the A Rod uh, retirement saga to Shara going really the changing of the guard. I thought they handled it about as well as they could. It's never easy. Uh, the farm system, as you mentioned, looks pretty good in New York. First time in a while. They're actually building for the future and not just going after the high-priced arm or talent, they do have to get pitching, but I like this new approach. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know if they, they'll they get impatient, but as it goes right now, I like this new approach.
2: Yeah, Yankee fans are most patient, but I think Yankee fans understand what they're saying and do agree with your assessment that you know this is a new approach. So it's exciting times, I think. I think we, you know, we were we were right in the mix up until the last, you know, week and a half of the season. And, but and given that we we gave up two of the best pitchers in baseball, it speaks to um, you know the hope that we have for the future. It
0: certainly does. And uh, I can't let you go. Again, thanks for coming on the show, Brian Nelson Nelly, as he's known, Tennis Channel professional. I can't let you go without bringing up. The unfortunate news. Um, one of our reoccurring guests is George Spinozian on the show. You are in our fantasy league and suffered a tough defeat to him. I I gotta I gotta address this because I'm with you in the sense that I think George's been a lucky manager this year, but ultimately you guys just couldn't pull it out for you.
2: Yeah, this was a tough week for uh the so called fan and uh you know, it looked good after a huge performance from Larry Fitzgerald on Thursday night, and I just – I was let down by Julio Jones again. Twice oh. this season he's kind of gotten me. But um, more importantly, it's it's good for George to get these kinds of wins because it's not it's not often that uh, when we square off he, he comes out the victor. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, so I, I'm happy for him, and uh, – I look forward to seeing him in the playoffs that's good that's uh that's good that's confidence and uh I don't know how how
0: easy it was for you to uh just rattle off those subtle digs so that was good you know you were very reserved and prepared so that's I'm glad you're handling it well <laughs> i try all right thanks Nelly for stopping by the money mitch effect and uh thanks again for everybody out there listening. Now he's the one that designed the logo that goes with uh, every uh, episode on the, uh, on the podcast. So, thanks again for that. Sure, Mitch. Thanks and uh, safe travels. Appreciate having both our guests on the show CJ Deere and Brian Nelson. Big thanks to them. And again, thanks to Nelly for creating the logos for the show, he's a tremendous graphic designer and I'm sure he'll rebound from his fantasy football loss to George Bedozy and I'm sure that'll happen. Uh, thanks as always to Tim Adams for providing the beats. A reminder that you can listen to the Money Mitch Effect at SoundCloud, you can also listen to iTunes, Google Play, just search Money Mitch Effect and it'll pop right up into the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, whichever you desire. Remember to follow me on Twitter, MoneyMitchM21. That's MoneyMitchM21, where I post all the shows. Thanks again for listening. It's been a busy week. I'm glad to have talked to all the talented sports people that I did this week. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the sports weekend. Mitch Michael signing out on the Money Mitch Effect.